All right. So Michael, hey, all right. So today we are heading um down south um to visit my my new friend Michael Andraji. Uh yes. Michael, man, thanks so much for doing the podcast. You're welcome. Welcome so to uh my corner of the world down here in South America. <laughs> it's January and it's the middle of summer down here. And uh you and your viewers can see my face is very red because I was out in the at a, at a festival today and I got a big sunburn. <laughs> yeah, so your story is really interesting because what intrigued me the most is I I learned that you retired down down south on yes. 500 on 500 a month. And yes. you're going to share a little bit in detail about how you did that and sure. um and how you do it. But let's reveal the location. What what country are you in? I'm in Brazil. Uh, Brazil is divided, just like the United States, divided up into states. I think Brazil has about 32 states. And I live in the state of Bahia, Brazil. It's in a re it's what's called the northeast region of Brazil, along the coast. Uh, it, I personally think it's uh, Brazil's most fascinating state and region. Uh, it's got enormous amount of culture. Uh, the state is about eighty five percent Afro Brazilian, because uh, Brazil, of course, just like the United States, was once a, a slave holding uh, country. Mm -hmm. And many of the slaves were brought to Brazil from Africa, and they landed in the in this state, Bahia. In Bahia, so it's yeah. it's rich in Afro-Brazilian culture, music, food, everything. Hmm. And it's, it's a very fascinating part of Brazil. I'm going to pull up the a map here to to show where this region is. Can you see it? Yes, I can. You see the map? Okay, so let me move this thing down here, this bar. All right, so we're going to zoom in. Okay, so Brazil, here we are, and this is the Bahia yeah. region. I see, I see Salvador, which is the, the main hub of Bahia. Yes, it's the capital of the, of the state of Bahia. Yeah, I hear, I hear it's just absolutely beautiful with it's, it's colonial architecture and, and color, oh, colorful. Yes. If you if if you're if you and your viewers come to Brazil, of course you want to go to Rio de Janeiro. You can't miss that. But then get on a plane. It's two hours by plane north of Rio de Janeiro to the city of Salvador. It's okay. the heart. Salvador is the heart and soul of Brazil. Salvador was Brazil's first capital. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, the Portuguese discover Brazil in the, around 1550 mm -hmm. and Salvador was uh, Brazil's first capital and then, okay. of course, there was, then the capitalists moved to Rio and then it moved to Brasilia. So if you drive if you drive to Rio how long does it take to get down there? I've been told it takes about 36 hours wow. to drive or take a bus it's it's uh by plane it's two hours so how I always describe it, it's like traveling from New York City to Orlando, Florida. Gotcha. Or, or, or maybe Fort Lauderdale. It's a two-hour flight. Yeah. So that's the distance. 
it really doesn't look that that far apart you know it's slightly yeah. south of salvador but you know brazil is well, such a large country yeah bahia the state of bahia where i live is the same size as texas or the same size as the country of france so just the state of bahia alone is very very big wow okay yeah yeah, yeah. thank you for that so well let's th let's touch on a little bit michael you 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 are originally from new york city you grew up yeah. in manhattan Right. How did you? So tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you landed in Brazil. Well, uh, when I was 20, I transferred to university in San Francisco, fell in love with San Francisco. And uh, that was my home base right until uh, 10 months ago when I made this permanent move. Uh, I, I, I always loved the idea of travel. I mean, when I was seven, I started to get addicted to maps and atlases. And my dream was to travel abroad. And I didn't get to do that until I was 19 years old. <laughs> and, uh, but once I started, <clears throat> I was uh, hooked. And um, I, of course, made, you know, just like everybody else, I went to Europe uh, a couple of times. I felt, I went to India. I was fascinated by the idea of India. I made a famous overland trip back in the day, 70s, when you were able to do it, from London all the way to India by bus and trains and that really hooked me and then i just kept going and uh you know in my mid-30s i discovered latin america i fell in love with latin america i went to mexico i had never been to mexico i'd been all sorts of exotic places but eh, mexico is too close uh you know it was it was cancun it was uh too touristy but uh when i finally went in 1986 I was hooked. I fell in love and I realized it wasn't anything like uh, I had stupidly ima imagined. It's mm -hmm. a fascinating country. I think it's as rich and fascinating as India. So I kept going to Mexico. Uh, I taught myself to, take, to learn Spanish. In my humble opinion, of all the languages in, uh, in English speaker can learn, Spanish is the easiest. I was speaking very well after one year of self-study and I'm a big believer in self-study. Don't take classes. They drag it out as long as they can to, you know, open your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Get one of those teach yourself books. Just do 30, 45 minutes a day. Believe me, after six months, you'll know all the gram grammatical tenses. And then you go out and you practice. I, in San Francisco, I go to uh, uh, cantinas in the, in the Latino district. I mm -hmm. buy books. In Spanish, I'd watch Spanish language TV. So you can learn, you can become fluent in Spanish by never leaving the United States. <laughs> sure, sure, that's true. And then, yeah. I, I kept, then I kept going back and forth, back and forth to Mexico. And finally, one day at my job, I said, okay, this is enough. I, I quit my job and moved to Mexico. And on the third day, I got a job. And I was uh, felt like I had uh, died and gone to heaven. <laughs> what what city were you in? I moved to Mexico City. You know, I'm New York City, so I've got Very big nice. cities in my blood, in my nervous system. Yeah. And Mexico City, you know, is the, uh, the, 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 the mother of all gigantic megacities. Yeah. I felt right at home. Mm -hmm. And I got, a, I got a job within three days as an English teacher for an English school. And within about six months, they made me the director of the school. Wow. So I was in heaven. And I love Mexico. Mexico's in my heart and soul. I'll defend it. Anybody tries to put it down or say crazy stories about it, <laughs> I'll always love Mexico. 
Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What part of uh, the city of uh, Mexico city did you live in? What um, area? Uh, you know, I lived for, I had an apartment at that time. It was really, really hard to get an apartment. This is the early nineties. Now, of course, uh, you know, what they call uh, digital nomads yeah. are, are taking over Mexico city and uh, Mexico, Mexico city residents are, are up in arms about it. Yeah. But back in the day, it was, you know, I, I was a pioneer and uh, it was hard to get an apartment, but I lived uh, very near uh, Monumento de la Revolución, excuse me, Monumento de la Revolución, near Metro Revolución. That's, you know, just a couple blocks from Parque Alameda in, okay. the, in the Mero Mero Centro. <laughs> I lived there for a while. Uh, uh, and then after about a year and a half, I was offered, one of my uh, co-workers, stole me away from the, my, my job in Mexico City, and I was offered an even better job in the, in the city of Veracruz, in the state oh, of nice. Veracruz, which is on the Gulf Coast, Gulf nice. Coast, of course. Yeah. And uh, it's hot, steamy, muggy, uh, but I loved it. I loved Veracruz. It was a real, real feeling of Mex Mexico. Not many uh, gringos moved to Veracruz. So how come you, how, how did you select Bahia in Brazil? Oh, okay. Uh, from well, Mexico. Uh, after a while in Mexico, you know, I was, I was speaking, by that time I was speaking Spanish fluently, self-taught. And I was, you know, thinking, wow, there are 21 countries south of Mexico where I can, I speak the language and I want to discover them all. So slowly, uh, bit by bit, I, I, you know, I first went to Guatemala and then, you know, El Salvador, Honduras, uh, Nicaragua, keep going south, Panama, then I, I remember my first time in South America, I went to Ecuador, Venezuela, Colombia, and all the way down to Argentina. <laughs> and uh, to this day, I've been to every Spanish-speaking country in the Americas, with one exception, and that's Costa Rica. That, that's the one everybody goes to. Yeah. I'll get there someday so I can say that I've been to everyone. But uh, I haven't been to Costa Rica yet, but I've been all to all, all the others. And finally, after... Costa Rica, I mean, after Argentina and Chile, uh, that's the end of the line down there. So I said, well, you know, it's time to, I was thinking, you know, Brazil, I haven't been there. And one day I was walking down the street in San Francisco and, and, I, and I, I struck up a conversation with a Brazilian, uh, purely uh, serendipity. And we became friends and uh, I went down to Brazil uh, for two weeks and fell in love with Brazil in mm. a two week trip instantly came back to San Francisco and I just the same way I, I, I taught myself Spanish I, I taught myself Portuguese although I will say uh, a lot of people have this idea that uh, oh Portuguese is just uh, the same as Spanish you just kind of change the accent a little bit and a few little words it's well if you speak Spanish you're 50 way 50 percent of the way to Portuguese it's true sure, yeah a lot a lot of similarities the grammar vocabulary but uh, I remember the first time someone opened their mouth and spoke to me in Portuguese, I had not a clue what they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's it's Spanish, but it's the verbal Spanish is very very different. Mm -hmm. If you're Spanish speaking, you could pretty much after a couple of weeks understand written Portuguese. But even now, after over twenty years in Brazil, coming to Brazil and now living here, I still sometimes think what. Yeah. You sound like you're talking with a with a you know bunch of marbles in the mouth. So Portuguese is, is much diff more difficult than Spanish. But you know it's a I, challenge. It's a beautiful language. It I is. 
I love the I, I love the sound of Portuguese. Yeah, People speaking it's such a beautiful language. It is a beautiful language. And it's got so many unusual sounds. You know, mm. Spanish is kind of it's a beautiful language too, but you know, Spanish has got five vowels, I A E O U. And Portuguese has 13 vowels. So that just gives you a little okay. hint why it's so much more difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's dive into some of these in, these questions that I have about living sure. in Bahia, Brazil, on sure. five hundred a month. Is that well, is that truly yes. possible? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, it is very possible. There's lots of places in the world where you can live on five hundred dollars a month. Uh, I won't name the particular uh, channels that I've watched where the uh, the YouTuber has interviewed people from all over the world. But yes. You can live on $500 a month, including in Brazil. And, you know, I in my town, the, the minimum wage in Brazil is about $235 a month. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of Brazilians, that's what they make, the minimum wage. So the economy is geared, especially in my town, which is off the beaten track, for people who make $235 a month. So mm -hmm. if, if you've got $500 a month, <laughs> you know, You've got double the minimum wage. Gotcha. So obviously, the, the, you know, the economy is geared for that kind of budget. Now, I want to clarify one thing. I I can and do some months live on 500 because I like to save. But I, my Social Security is 1,500 a month. Okay. So I don't have to live on. I just sure. want to clarify that. I don't, I'm not uh, that poor. I'm poor, but <laughs> I, I don't have to live on $500 a month but I can and do sometimes. Okay. Uh, starting with my rent, I have a brand new, I live in a brand new condominium complex. My apartment is two bedrooms, two bathrooms, a kitchen and a living room. Uh, the, it's a large condo complex. I have a, a, a Olympic sized swimming pool I can use. There's a pool and game room. There's a barbecue and bar area. There's a fully equipped gym. Wow, and, all, and it's and it's it's you know gated and guarded twenty four hours a day. I get all of that for the U.S. equivalent of one hundred and eighty dollars a month. <laughs> wow, and uh, does that include utilities? No, no, I'll I'll, I'll talk about that, but uh, okay. that includes my rent and my condo fees. One eighty. Now you know, if you think that the average person here is making two hundred and thirty five dollars a month. The average person living in this my my small city cannot afford this condo. Sure, it's cheap, yeah, it's cheap as it is for an American on Social Security. Uh, one of the reasons why it's so cheap, by the way, is that the Brazilian currency, the the uh, in, in Portuguese is called the real, and mo and plural is reais. The Brazilian real is taking a real beating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, worldwide inflation. All of the economic problems, the war in Ukraine, the weakness mm -hmm. of China. You know, China used to be uh, very thirsty for Brazilian commodities, but that slowed down. So the Brazilian Piao has taken a real beating. So if you've got the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar is very strong in many in many countries, mm -hmm. and that's particularly true here in Brazil. So that's why my rent is so cheap. It's mm -hmm. not particularly cheap for Brazilian, but it's cheap for me, and yeah. I get a lot of quality for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, when occasionally someone will say, "Oh, oh no, he's lying. That's not possible." 
a rent, uh, a rent in a place like that should be $500, $600. Well, it might be in a big city like Rio de Janeiro or Sao Paulo. Yeah. But I don't live anywhere near those cities. I live in the boondocks. Think of Bahia as, as a state in the American South, Mississippi, Alabama. Cost of living is much lower in those states. Yeah. And they're much lower here in Brazil, too. Instead of the South being the, uh, the uh, economically uh, less developed part of the country, like in the United States, here the Northeast of Brazil is the more eco- economically deprived. And my state, Bahia, is in the Northeast. Okay. So that yeah. explains why, why it's so, so uh, my, my rent condo fees are so cheap now. Uh, you know, if, if you're uh, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Smith retiring at 65, you've never, almost never been abroad. You don't speak a, 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 a one word of, of Portuguese or any other language. Yeah. You're not going to do well in my town sure yeah <laughs> you're probably not even going to do well in brazil brazil's not really for beginners mm-hmm. probably better off in, in mexico in a place like puerto vallarta but if you were to choose brazil you'd be better off in a city like rio de janeiro or another place where they are used to foreigners where they're the you know the facilities the the infrastructure is better so i mm-hmm. want to give that a caveat yeah uh, and then uh, there, you're gonna you, the rents are gonna be significantly higher for sure. They're gonna be higher, not not necessarily well in Rio, yes. Mm-hmm. But in my state capital, three hours from here, Salvador. They said everybody should visit Salvador. I I pay one eighty in Salvador would be probably three hundred dollars a month. Okay. So still very accessible. Yeah. Three hundred fifty dollars a month. And is there an expat community in Salvador? Well, uh, there are foreigners who do live in Salvador. It's not your typical retirement or leisure type of expat. I would move to a place like, again, like I use Puerto Vallarta as an example. Yeah. Cancun. It tends to be people who are uh, uh, very culturally... Can I use the word sophisticated? Yes. They're adventurous. Yeah. They're willing to dive into a foreign culture that is very different from their own. Uh, willing to deal with the language barrier. Willing to deal with the challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bahia and Salvador are poor. Brazil is famous, notoriously famous for high crime. We can't uh, uh, ignore that uh, elephant in the room. I think that, you know, I've, I've, been li- traveling to and living in Brazil for over 20 years. I'm alive and well. Uh, <laughs> I was mugged once. And when I was mugged and handing over my wallet, undercover police happened to drive by, stop, gave me my wallet back, put a gun to the to the two robbers, arrested them. Wow. <laughs> they ended up in jail, and I ended up with my wallet back, and I got two free nice postcards from the police as they say goodbye to me. Wow. So that was my one bad experience in 22 years. Yeah, yeah. You can see I'm alive and well and breathing. So yeah. I think, you know, it is, there is danger, there is crime, but you have to cut all the, uh, you know, crazy talk in half. Yeah. Well, let's uh, look at some of the other costs. So we're looking at $180 for your flat costs. What are right. some of like the, the other costs that you, sure. you spend per month? Sure. My, my uh, uh, electricity bill, 
is about $40 a month. Could be cheaper, but uh, I always have a fan on. It's hot here. I, I do not have, I do not feel like I need air conditioning. I don't believe in air conditioning. It's environmentally, it's bad for the environment and it's expensive to run, but I do perfectly well, but I always have a fan directly on me <laughs> when I'm in the house. So that makes my uh, electricity a little high. And uh, I have my big flat screen TV on a lot. Not okay. that I'm addicted to be a TV, I'm a reader, but I do like to keep up with the news. And sometimes I just like the sound in the background. Mm -hmm. In my town, again, there's nobody. I am the only East foreigner in this, uh, it's a city of about 100,000 people. I'm the only native English speaker. So <laughs> CNN is the only English exposure I get. So it, that's why I keep the TV on just in the background. Mm -hmm. And you know, with all the recent developments, especially here in Brazil, I want to, you know, keep up to date. So my uh, electricity is about 40 a month, but it could be cheap. Okay. Water, water bill is about uh, $20 a month. Okay. Uh, um, cable TV is about $12 a month, unlimited cable, lots of channels in both Portuguese and English. Uh, you know, you, I get net, Netflix, so I get tons of movies and things like that. YouTube, of course. Uh, internet is about $10 a month, very reasonable, excellent internet. Um, uh, what else? So, uh, you know, so you're still like, I mean, you're like at about two fifty. Um, yes. Uh, food. I think I, I think I budgeted a hundred, about 160 a month. Now I'm a vegetarian, which helps okay. yeah. lower my costs. And, you know, we're in tropical Brazil. You go to the market and there's just, it's a cornucopia of beautiful, fresh, ripe, colorful fruits and vegetables, especially fruits. So you're never going to starve in Brazil. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know what that brings it up to, but. Uh, about 400. You know, huh? About 400. Okay. And then. Uh, uh, is there anything else? Well, uh, like I cell, could maybe cell phone or. Oh, all right. Cell phone. Thank you. Very, very reasonable at uh, $12 a month. Oh, wow. That's all I pay. $12 a month. I've got good cell phones within Brazil. I don't need to call internationally. I could use WhatsApp for that. Yeah. So cell phone is cheap. I have one little, uh, you know, everybody's got their little uh, optional uh, or expenses unique to them. My brother-in-law's daughter, she's 18 now, and I'm helping her with her school fees. So that's, a, I, it's, it's, you know, again, everything's, it's all relative. Her school fees sure. are... $75 a month. So oh, I do wow. have that expense. Okay. And, uh, oh, oh, and one more expense I have are my, you know, I had a stroke about four years ago. Now, of course, in the United States, when I turned 65, I'm 68 now, you get Medicare. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, this was another, people were telling me I was lying. <laughs> I said, and, you know, I paid nothing for my meds. And they said, that's not possible. You know, on your Medicare, you pay 100, whatever it is, $165 a month. You're lying. No, I was what I was a low income senior in the generous state of high tax, generous state of California. And so I was on what's called Medi Medi, 
Mm-hmm. And many, many, it's a combination of Medicare and Medi- Medi-Cal paid for my Medicare premium. Okay. So I got my full central social security check with no deduction. So that's why I say my meds were free in California. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you move abroad and you're no longer eligible. You don't, Medicare don't, won't pay for anything. So I was worried about that when I left. You know, how much are my meds going to cost? Because as you know, the, when I would go to Walgreens in San Francisco, I, I had to pay out of pocket. It'd be probably $500 a month for my sure. five meds. Mm-hmm. To my delight and surprise and relief, I could get all of my meds over the counter, just like you can in a lot of places in Latin America, just like in Mexico. Walk at the drugstore, tell them, give them, show the list of the things you need, and uh, they pulled out. You know, they're all the exact same medicine. They're they're generics, mm-hmm. and it came to a grand total of about forty dollars. <laughs> so forty for bucks these, a month. Forty dollars a month for these very expensive, expensive blood thinners. Yeah, and various other things that cost hundreds of dollars if you had to buy them in the United States. Forty dollars a month for for yeah. all five different meds, and you can get them right. over the counter. And these are expensive meds, so I want to tell your viewers who are you know at or around my age, you know, don't worry too much about it. If you're going to Latin America, whether it be Mexico or Costa Rica or Brazil, wherever you can get your meds over the counter, and they're going to be significantly cheaper. Wow. So don't okay. worry. Oh my God, I I don't have uh, Medicare anymore. There are ways around it. <laughs> yeah. What do you do for healthcare down there? Good question. I was about to mention that. That was also a concern because I said I had had a stroke. Yeah. And uh, I'm fine now. I had no no after effects. They the effects disappeared after a few months. It's been four years now. But I did have a health problem after I had been here about a month or a half or two. As you know, it's very hot and tropical here. Yeah. And every day I would walk to the center of my city from my condo. It's about a almost a one-hour walk. And, you know, I'm from foggy, chilly San Francisco. Uh, but here, you got to hydrate yourself. you yeah. got to drink a lot of water. And I wasn't doing that. I'm not much of a water drinker. I don't know why. But one day I woke up and I collapsed. I, I like... A, fell down and hit my head against the floor. And I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm having another stroke. It felt like a stroke. And I was dizzy. The, the room was spinning. And I called my brother-in-law and said, listen, you need to take me to the hospital. I thought I was having a stroke. He took me to the hospital. They didn't ask for anything except for my name. They didn't ask for insurance or anything. I thought it would come at the end. Mm-hmm. So they took my name. You know, they, 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 Blood pressure. They gave me uh, what is that called? An EKG, where you lie down and then you go to the, the time tunnel machine, and yeah. everything works around. They're taking a you know a picture of your brain, and uh, turns out I did not have a stroke. It was severe dehydration. They gave me an IV, and once I got that IV that in, in my in my bloodstream, I was I was fine. Hmm. And as I left the hospital, they just said bye. And as my brother-in-law explained, and I later researched, you know, Brazil has a public health care system, just like they have in Europe, just like they have in Canada, and mo- like in most civilized countries, except the United States, you know, hmm. we're always the exception to the rule. Brazil's constitution guarantees free access 
to healthcare. Yes, you heard me right. Yeah, well. So I, and I'm not a Brazilian citizen. I could have gone in there as a tourist. I went in there as a legal resident, but they didn't even ask me. They didn't ask to see my my the Brazilian equivalent of green card. Mm-hmm. Every it doesn't matter whether you're a tourist or a citizen, you can go to a public health care hospital and be seen. And you have to be seen by law. Yeah. Now, the caveat is is it the best healthcare in the world, the public system? No. Would you want to have brain surgery or open heart surgery? Probably not. But in an emergency, they're perfectly fine. They were very nice. The hospital was clean. Some of the big city public hospitals are a little bit uh, funky. You might have to wait a while. Lie in a, lie in a gurney in the, in, the, in the hallway, but you will be seen. You will be taken care of at no cost. Yeah. And that was a huge relief. Now, if you have serious uh, health issues, you might want to consider getting private insurance. A lot of middle class and upper middle class Brazilians do have private insurance because they don't want to go through the public system. But mm-hmm. you don't have to have private. Do you know you what the become, you know what Do you know what they pay for private insurance there? It's like in the United States. Oh well, it's a much cheaper than the United States. Now you know it's just like in, in the United States. If you're 20 years old, it's not going to be very much. If you're yeah. 60, like I am, it's going to be a lot more. But it's much, much, much more reasonable than the United States. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna, you're gonna have to. Re- the person would have to research it on their own, okay. but they'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and uh, so you do have that public-private option. So no need to get to panic. Yeah, uh, you will be seen. <laughs> and let Michael, let me ask you: How do you get around? Um, you know, in your town, and how do you how do you travel to Salvador and other locations in in Brazil? Good. Good question. Like many parts of the world, and again, the United States is always the exception to the rule, Brazil has excellent public transportation. Again, people are very low income. The, the average wage is $235 a month. So many, many people don't do not cannot afford cars. So in my city of 100,000, I can walk. I can take a bus, which costs like 80 cents to get downtown. I can take a motorcycle taxi, very, very popular. Not car, oh, they do have car taxi, but you climb on the back of a bar- motorcycle and uh, for a little over a dollar, you can go anywhere in my little city. Wow. You can get a cab. Uh, not very uh, common in my little city, but in Salvador, there's lots of, or a big city, there's lots of cab. And Brazil has an Uber, just like the, the rest of the civilized world. I have the Uber app on my uh, on my phone. I don't use it in my little city because it's not necessary. But in Salvador, a city of three and a half million that I go into, I go to Salvador at least once a month. I just got back from there today. I do use Uber and it's very, very reasonable, safe, nice. Uh, I love Uber. It's it's mm-hmm. a miracle because like, like in a lot of developing countries, taxis can be, sometimes they're great and sometimes they're a little shifty. Yeah. As yeah. soon as they see hear your accent, they go the roundabout <laughs> way, stuff like that. And Uber, there's no tricks with Uber. So I love Uber. <laughs> okay, great. So talk, let's talk about like entertainment, going out and getting a meal, like a typical sure. meal. What would you spend on a typical meal and a night out? Good question. Oh, boy. It could be as little as $2 a night, $2 for a meal, a simple meal. In Brazil, uh, there's lots of re- restaurants where they have the uh, uh, prato do dia, 
the daily dish, the daily plate, it's called. And it's a fixed price for two or three dollars. And you get a heaping full uh, plate full of, of meat and vegetables and rice and a drink. Of course, I'm a, veg I'm a vegetarian. Brazil is very, very meat heavy. It's great mm. for carnivores, carnivores, not so great. Well, if you're, if you're vegetarian, it's great too. You just have to be willing to prepare your own fruits and vegetables, but uh, you can get food for a meal for as little as two or $3 or, you know, you can get, you can go as high as you want. There mm -hmm. are fancy restaurants too. It's never going to be as expensive as the United States, mm -hmm. especially with the current uh, favorable exchange rate. Yeah. But uh, anything from very simple to very fancy and anything in between, but, Food is not expensive. It's not a, a major part of my budget. Mm -hmm. And okay. I like to eat out. I, I don't like to cook. I can prepare simple things like a bowl of cereal. I could cut up some fruit. <laughs> but uh, I go out. I like to go out to eat. And uh, it's it's not a big part of my budget. Okay, great. And what's the one thing that, that this... This is the, the the last question I have, and then I'll ask you if you if there's anything else you want to add. But what's the one thing that... One thing you can think of that you truly adore and love about um living in brazil oh it's hard to come up with one thing oh but everything almost everything i would have to boil it down to the people the people that's what that's how i got addicted to brazil the first time i came here oh my god they're the friendliest warmest uh could be the kindest the most communicative uh wild, energetic, uh, full of spirit, full of life, music, everything. And it, that is what's so great about Brazil. And <laughs> add that uh, beautiful melodic Portuguese language and, uh, you know, just people walking and uh, talking and that's that's the beat of Brazil. And of course, you got your criminals, <laughs> but what country does it? And, it's, yeah. you know, they're few and far between in my experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. I yeah. Yeah. Some so, of the people that I met when I was living in a lot of, a lot of my friends were um, from Brazil. And, uh, uh, and that was one of the, the things that I noticed is that there was such a warmth and a kindness and a spirit. Yeah. And uh, we used to have a, a, a bar, um, a little pub. It was a Samba bar. Oh, and that's how, and then I, I used to I, literally I stopped going to Manhattan and I would just go to the Samba bar every weekend because I had so much fun hanging I, around with yes. these with my Brazilian friends and just spending time and listening to this live Samba and watching yes. people get up and move and dance. And just the, the caparinhas were slinging and oh. the, in the, it was just absolutely oh. wonderful. Beware of those delicious caipirinhas. It's easy <laughs> to drink too much. If you know, caipirinhas are the national drink. They're made with a very harsh uh, kind of undistilled rum, but caipirinhas are made with lots of sugar and lots of fresh fruit juice. Yep. So it could taste sweet and tasty. It almost tastes like a fruit drink, yep. but they, they have a powerful punch. They do. They certainly <laughs> do. They certainly do. Well, yeah. Michael, um, that's that's all I have. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't that, that you know, we didn't discuss or anything you oh, can think of? You know, the only thing I would add is that, uh, especially if you're young, uh, in your twenties and thirties, and you're full of life and you energy, and of course, you know, at that age, you got a lot of sexual energy. You have to be a little careful. Brazil, not all of Brazil, but especially places like Rio de Janeiro and Salvador. Well, you know the reputation of Thailand, for example, Bangkok, 
Yeah. And, and uh, maybe some parts of the Philippines, for example, where pe- men in particular become addicted to the nightlife and the fast and easy, uh, beautiful, friendly, gorgeous uh, human beings here. And they can get sucked into drinking too much, partying too much, and getting in trouble, mm-hmm. spending too much money, getting in the vo- involved with the wrong, wrong type of person. I experienced that a little uh, in my early days in Brazil. I liked those caipirinhas a little bit too much. And I fell in for a while with a fast crowd who uh, did not always have my best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. So you just got to use your head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, don't assume that uh, everybody's your best friend. Use your mm-hmm. head just like you would in Bangkok or Manila or any other place in the world. Uh, because, it, as we've said already, Brazilians are extremely friendly. But uh, a few uh, bad players will use that to their advantage to take advantage of you. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. Should have advantage to take advantage. So... Keep that in mind, especially if you're young. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, don't party too hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Avoid well, that pitfall. You'll be in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Everything well, Michael, in moderation. Yeah, Michael Andraji. He retired on 500 a month in Paradise in Bahia, yes. Brazil. Michael, thanks so much for doing this, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Man, have a have a great evening, and and I'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Okay. Ciao. Boa noite. Ciao, buddy.